Just wanted to let you guys in on a little trip that we had earlier this week. It is National Donut Day coming up in just a few days. You may want to make your way over to Krispy Kreme Donuts. Do we have any Krispy Kreme fans here? Anybody? Like, okay, a couple of people. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. They, when, the, when the donuts are hot, they turn on that light, you know, that, that, that lamp, and it says, like, what is it, like, hot now or something like that. And when you walk in, the, the aroma the, of, of donuts is just, like, it's powerful. It's all over you. I actually downloaded the app, which means I got a free donut this week, which I'm very proud of. That pineapple donut was all free. I did pay for that, that, that gluten intake, though. It was, it was pretty heavy. I'm not sure if it was quite worth it. But I was at Krispy Kreme with the kids, and it, you know, watching those donuts go through the glazing process, it made me think of a Bible passage. It's kind of an unknown passage. It's, it's found in Acts chapter 18, verse 8. And the scripture talks about a man by the name of Crispus. His name was Crispus Cremus in Acts chapter 18. He had a sister that her name was Shipley and then he had a brother named Duncan. But his name was Crispus Cremus. Look, at, look with me if you would in Acts 18.8. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord along with his whole household and many of the Corinthians, when they heard, believed and, and were baptized. Uh, Crispus Cremus. Crispus was this guy that was the leader of the synagogue there in the city of Corinth. And if you read in the earlier verses in Acts chapter 18, the apostle has been trying to tell the Jewish people there at the synagogue about the resurrection of Jesus, and they're not buying it. And Paul leaves frustrated, but he goes next door and he talks to Crispus, and Crispus becomes a follower of Jesus. It's amazing. I mean, it's so crazy because the moment that you think that somebody doesn't want to believe or that nobody wants to hear the good news, somebody like a Crispus shows up. Nobody's listening at the synagogue, but then the synagogue leader says, I want to follow Jesus, and his name was Crispus. And Crispus got crispy. Now, I love the term crispy because crispy means sharp. If somebody ever tells you, you look crispy today, that's a compliment. Maybe you just got your hair done. Maybe you just got it cut. Maybe you got your hair colored a little bit. Maybe you got a new outfit. You look crispy. And Crispus was crispy that day. He was on point because he was on point with God and he wanted to follow Jesus. And something incredible happened because, listen, not only Crispus, but his household. The scripture says that his whole household believed in Jesus. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? The whole household? Oh, my goodness. That's what we need today. We need more households coming and following Christ. If you're a Christian parent, the greatest responsibility you have is to lead your kids to follow Jesus, to follow Christ. The whole household, man, the whole household, they all got baptized. Isn't that amazing? I want to share with you today a little bit about Crispus Cremus and about what it means to get dunked in the glaze of God's Spirit 
through baptism. Amen? Let's look today at something that we don't hear a lot of sermons about, and a lot of people are not talking about this, but is so powerful. It's the power of baptism. The power of baptism. Now, the city of Corinth was a place in the uh, New Testament times uh, that was a leading city. Corinth was a leading city, a big city. It was the host city. It was the, the city that was most well-known because of the temple of Aphrodite that resided there. And she was the Greek goddess of sexuality. And part of the shrine worship that took place there in the city of Corinth required the, the, um, the shrine, the temple, to have a thousand cult prostitutes. And they would come down into the city each evening to solicit their services in an act of worship. Now, that's something to, to, to just kind of get your brain around. Wow. And so the city of Corinth was always known as a city of very loose morals. Um, when uh, poems or plays uh, were written about the city of Corinth, people were always dressed very seductively. Oftentimes they acted intoxicated and, and, and people with very few morals, okay? So when you talked about Corinth, this is the image that people would be in their mind. It's a place like that, the, the Apostle Paul says, I want to go talk to some people about Jesus. I mean, you know, I, I want to go to the city of Corinth. And I'm sure some people were like, any place but Corinth, don't go there. Paul, Paul's like, no, I want to go to Corinth. And so he goes to the synagogue to talk to the Jews. The Jews are not buying it. He talks to, to Crispus, Crispus Cremus, and he becomes a follower of the Lord. Now, who should get baptized? If you look at Acts 18.8, it says that the family of Crispus believed and they were baptized, but it gets even better than that. Not only the household of Crispus, but the people of Corinth. I mean, this is amazing. Many of the Corinthians, when they heard, they believed and they were baptized. So you see this, this correlation between believing and then being baptized. Believing and being baptized. Who should be baptized? Those who believe. When you believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world, you believe he was crucified and he rose again on the third day, that's when you need to get baptized. You need to get baptized. And so in this instant, Crispus, his family, and the other Corinthian people were like, man, we need to follow the Lord. I mean, we need to get baptized. And, and this pagan city now turns into a small little revival that's going on there. The people of Corinth are following the example of this community leader and his whole family believe. Now, some have said, well, if the family was baptized, does this encourage infant baptism? Okay, many of us uh, grew up Catholic or Lutheran or Presbyterian or something like that. And, and ba babies are often baptized. And so people have, have asked, well, does that mean babies we're baptized. But I want you to notice what the text actually says here. It says they believed and they were baptized, right? And so it's kind of hard for a little baby to believe uh, and then to be baptized as a result of that. Amen? Um, to believe means you have to cognitively be aware of, of, of what's going on and what's happening there. And when you're like, you know, a year old or two years old, you're thinking about watching videos on your iPad, eating Cheerios, getting your diaper changed. I mean, you're not thinking about Jesus. So it's obvious that the household of Crispus was old enough 
to actually understand the message of salvation and the message of Jesus. And the family believed and they were baptized. Has your family believed? Man, are your, are your kids followers of Jesus? Is your family following Christ? Are you directing your family in that way? And if not, what can we do to begin to come alongside you and help you to help your kids follow the Lord? This is the household of Christmas. The household of Christmas. Christmas got crispy and he began to follow Christ. What is the meaning of baptism? Well, look with me if, if you would in Colossians 2.12. For you know you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So what is the meaning of baptism? The meaning of baptism is that the old person has been crucified and died and that the new person has come to life. There's a beautiful symbolism that happens in baptism. And Colossians 2.12 says, just as you were buried with Christ through baptism. So as you go underneath the water, what does that represent? You're dead, right? You died just like Jesus was buried in the tomb. When you come up out of the water, what does that represent? New life in Christ. Yeah, the old person's passed away. All things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. And so there's a beautiful picture. Baptism has been compared to a wedding ring. A wedding ring is an outward symbol of an inward commitment. And baptism is certainly that. It represents something. So what's the meaning of baptism? It means that I've died to myself and now I live as unto the Lord. I live to live for Christ. That's what the meaning is. I got to share with you today because people are giving their lives to Christ all the time here at Edge Church, which is what we really love to see. And I got to tell you the story of some people that have been buried with Christ and have been raised to walk a new life. The first one is Manly. Manly is a second grader. I've never had anybody drown in baptism, but we almost lost Manly. That's absolutely one of my favorite pictures of baptism right there. The look of sheer terror on his mind. I can promise you if I baptize you, it won't be that scary, okay? Manly was terrified. But you know what? Manly and his big brother prayed and asked Christ to come into their lives right after church just a few weeks ago, and they wanted to get baptized. Is that awesome? And guess what? They were buried with Christ in baptism, and they were raised to walk in newness of life. It gets even better than that. Michael and his mom, Amanda. Michael's in our student ministry. He's a middle school student. We were talking with him after Wednesday night student group. And he wanted to call on the name of the Lord and give his life to Christ. And his mom wanted to do the same. And they got baptized together just a few weeks ago. I mean, just a few weeks ago, guys. Buried with Christ. Raised to walk in newness of life. I mean, come on. There's Christina and her daughter, Alexis. That's, that's, that's Christina and, 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 and her middle school daughter, Alexis. They, they, they came to the church and, and, and they invited Christ into their life. And guess what? They were buried and then they were raised again. And that was awesome. That's something to get excited about. I think so. Come on, that's better than a golf clap. Come on, guys. Oh, yeah, come on, yeah. 
Somebody went to sleep, man. I'm talking about people being raised in new life in Christ. Come on. There was Melody. Melody's one of our young adults. Recently, she gave her life to Christ here at Ed's church in her mid-20s. And guess what? She was buried with Christ and she was raised. She was raised. Uh, there's Scott. Scott uh, participated in our, our man cave in our men's ministry here at the church. And guess what? He gave his life to Christ. His wife gave her life to Christ. She was buried and raised too. It's awesome. And it's a picture of the gospel. And the reason that we should always be excited about seeing people baptized is because it reminds us of the good news. It reminds us, oh man, I remember, I remember who I used to be. And now I see who I'm becoming in Christ. And the waters of baptism remind us of that. I was visiting my grandmother's church. My grandmother goes, my grandmother's like in her 90s. I was visiting her church a few years ago. Her church, very traditional church, built a new sanctuary and she wanted me to come see it. So I walked over in the lobby. There was a big coffin. And it was truly like one of the nicest coffins I've ever seen. And they had a lot of old people in the church. So I thought somebody had just died and they were getting ready for a funeral. But that wasn't the case. Inside the coffin was a baptistry pool. Now, I know that sounds a little creepy. Some of you are like, I'm not getting in that thing. It is a little creepy. We don't have a coffin here at Ed's Church. But I do want you to see something. There's something theologically very profound about that. The old you has passed away. We have a saying here at Edge Church, come as you are, but just don't stay that way. Buried with Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. It's like being in a coffin, man. The old you is left in the coffin so the new you can be resurrected and walk with Christ. And every time you get baptized, which is hopefully at least one time, but probably one time, when you get baptized, you preach a sermon. You're identifying with Christ. You don't even have to say anything. But, but, but just your presence in the water says everything that needs to be said. You preach a sermon. Baptism is a milestone. It's a milestone. It's an opportunity to just like remember, man, now like, I am a follower of Christ. And all throughout the Gospels, when Jesus called people to follow him, he called them to, call, to follow him publicly. And baptism is a public expression of following Christ. There are no secret disciples. When we follow Christ, we do so in the waters of baptism, and we do so publicly, and we do so proudly, so everyone can celebrate with us what God is doing in our lives. Now, here's a great question. Does baptism make me a Christian? Does baptism save me, so to speak? Let's look at Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. The Bible says, for it is by grace that we have been saved through faith and that not of ourselves. So our salvation comes by believing in Christ, by the grace of God. Baptism doesn't save us, but baptism is important. It is important. I find that a lot of times people get on two extremes when it comes to baptism. Some people think that baptism makes them a Christian. In other words, you cannot go to heaven unless you've been baptized. The thief on the cross 
that died next to Jesus was not baptized and Jesus said to him, today you will spend eternity in heaven with me. So we don't have to be baptized to be a Christian, but listen, why would we want to be a Christian and not do what Jesus had said? I think that's the greater question. Why would we want to not do what he said? I'll come back to that in a minute. The other extreme, some people say salvation. Other people say, well, it's just not important, right? It's not like, what's the big deal about the baptism? Like if it doesn't, if it doesn't make me, you know, a believer, if it doesn't like redeem me and wash away my sins, then what's the, what's the big deal with it? Both are wrong. It's a big deal because Jesus commanded it, but it doesn't save us. And I want you to see it in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus gave the great commission, and this is what he said. He said, right before he ascends into heaven, make disciples, that's tell people about Christ, baptize them, and then teach them to obey all things I've commanded you. That's three imperatives in the language of the New Testament. Three commands of Jesus. Jesus' final words, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey all things that I've commanded you. So that's why it's a big deal. So baptism should not be minimized just because it's not a requirement for salvation. It should be maximized because we're honoring and we're following what Jesus said right before he ascended into heaven. Um, <clears throat> several years ago, I was baptizing a guy at another church and the uh, guy didn't have a shirt to wear underneath his white gown. Now, this is, we were in a very traditional church we, we had the white gowns out. Maybe you guys have seen those. They're like choir gowns, kind of like, they look very spiritual. And they're white gowns. And he wanted to wear a shirt under his white gown. So I grabbed a t-shirt from youth camp out of the closet and gave it to him. And it was a tie-dyed t-shirt. And when he came up out of the water, he came back in the changing room. And he was like, Pastor, this is freaking me out. That holy water has changed the color of my gown. And, you know, I didn't really want to like burst his bubble because he just, you know, was really like, you know, in awe of what was going on. And I said, well, I said, man, I, you know, I really appreciate your enthusiasm for your baptism. Today is a great day for you. But 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 that's a tie dye T-shirt that's underneath your gown. And I don't think it's been washed before. And maybe that has something to do with it. You know what I'm saying? So, again, sometimes people think that the water of baptism is like spiritual Clorox. Right. It's going to get all that junk out of me. The beauty of baptism is, the, is, is what's in here. It's not in the water. It's what's in here. It's in your heart and in your mind. And, and it's following the Lord. That, that is the power of baptism. That's the power of baptism. It's not in the water. It's not in the tie-dye. It's not in the spiritual Clorox. So why should I be baptized? Here's a couple of reasons. Number one, it follows the example of Jesus. Jesus was baptized in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Number two, it illustrates what God has done in my life. I'm buried with Christ. I'm raised to walk in newness of life. Number three, it encourages others to follow Christ. We've had many people give their life to the Lord watching baptisms here at the church. It's awesome. So-and-so got baptized. Maybe I should follow Jesus too. Can somebody help me? It's awesome. Um, it's a step of obedience because Jesus has commanded it, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Um, whenever we submit to God, God always blesses us. And that's true in every area of our life. That's why the church should never stop baptizing people because the baptism represents new people finding life in Christ. 
And that was true in this life of this man named Crispus. Crispus follows the Lord, shares the good news with his family, and then they go and they're baptized. So what's the meaning of baptism? My old life's passed away and all things have become new. Here's the third question. When should I be baptized? Look at the verse again, uh, Acts 18.8. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord along with his whole household. And many of the Corinthians, when they heard this, believed and were baptized. I mean, it's like bang, bang. Do you see it? I mean, I talk to people sometime and they're like, I, I really am thinking about being baptized, but I need to read the whole Bible. Why do you have to read the whole Bible? I know a lot of people that have been saved a long time that have never read the whole Bible before. You know, um, really devoted Christian people will read the whole Bible in a year. You don't have a year. Come on, man. There's no reason to wait. The longer you wait to get baptized, the easier it is to put it off and to not do it. Because there's always a reason to not do it. I'm not spiritual enough. I need to come to church more. I need to know systematic Christian theology. I, I, I need to know biblical languages. I, I need to have had this experience. No, listen, you're ready to get baptized the moment that you believe that Jesus died and rose again for your sins. You're ready, buddy. You, need, you, you know everything you need to know right there. I mean, it doesn't say Christmas believed in the Lord and then he had 72 Bible studies and then got baptized. I mean, it's like, boom, boom. In fact, people in the book of Acts are actually baptized in the middle of the night. Okay? It's like fast, as soon as possible. Okay? Because it's, it's a command of Jesus. So we ought to do so in, 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 you know, in, 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 in as soon as possible type manner. Christmas and his family, they did it. They did it quickly. Uh, and if you uh, got baptized before you became a follower of Christ, then I would encourage you to get baptized again because now the meaning of it is totally different. If you got baptized and you weren't a believer, you just took a bath. Really. Think about it. When, you, when you're a believer and then you get baptized, there has a spiritual significance. You're identifying with Christ. The old person's passed away. All things have become new. So, so when should I be baptized? As soon as I can. Number four, where should I be baptized? That's the local church. Okay? Acts 2.41, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day in about 3,000 in all. Now, can you imagine the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people got baptized. That is cray cray. That was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like no one has ever seen before. Oh my goodness. But the outcome of it was 3,000 people got baptized. I think of this like from a pastor's perspective, the pastors must have been absolutely worn out trying to dunk all those people. Oh my goodness. Wow. But it was beautiful. It was magnificent. They did it quickly. They, 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 they did it and they were added to the church. And baptism is a part of what the church is about. It's a big part of what... If the church ever stops baptizing people, we're not fulfilling what God's mandate is for us, church. And here's what that means. That means that if you're a follower of Jesus and you're a member of this church, you need to be bringing people to Edge Church that need to hear this powerful, life-changing, life-altering message of Christ so that they too can follow the Lord in faith and in baptism. We all have a responsibility. See, 
I know some of you are like, oh, I got baptized like 15 years ago. I'm going to work on my grocery list for a few minutes while Pastor Ryan talks to all those other people. Let me tell you something. You have a responsibility to bring people to hear about Christ. And when we hear messages about baptism, we ought to be thinking, who could I help to get baptized? Who could I help to hear the, the message of Jesus? Who, who could I encourage? Who could I counsel? Who could I direct? Who, who, could I, who could I assist? And the church should grow primarily through winning people to Christ. Now, I love people from other churches that come to our church. I really do. But listen, that should never be a substitute for reaching people that are really far from God. And that means we all have a big responsibility. You know what? When that big responsibility is taken seriously, then guess what? There's a big celebration that takes place. We're going to baptize people in a couple of weeks. I hope that you'll be here. And I hope you will celebrate with us the life change that is happening in people's hearts and lives. It's a big celebration. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's something we should all get excited about. I hope you don't just run out the door of church on the Sunday we're baptizing. You know, if you have to leave early, we understand, but I hope that you'll stick around because it's going to encourage you and bless you, the celebration. It's going to be beautiful. Love that. The church should celebrate when people get baptized. Well, finally, how should I be baptized? How does it work? It's by immersion. Look at this right here. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, Jesus was dunked. Okay, like those donuts over at Krispy Kreme? They were submerged in the glaze? That's how we baptize. Why? Jesus was baptized by immersion. He went underneath the water. He came up out of the water. If you look in Acts 8, uh, verse 38 and 39, I believe, the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip are there. And the Bible says they go down into the water. And you, the only reason you go down into the water is so you can come up out of the water. But furthermore, the word baptizo in the language of the New Testament is a word that means to submerge something. In fact, in secular writings, one of the earliest usages of this word to baptizo was used to refer to a ship that had been sunk in a harbor. It had been submerged. And that's the same word. Today in modern times, the word to baptize can mean some other things, sprinkling, pouring, whatever. But the true word to bab baptizo means literally to submerge, to go underneath the water. And this is how Jesus was baptized. Uh, if, if you look in Acts chapter 2, at the day of Pentecost, people were immersed. People were baptized. Acts chapter 10, the household of Cornelius, people were immersed. They were baptized. In Acts chapter 16, the household of Lydia and the Philippian jailer, they were submerged. They were, they were baptized. In Acts chapter 18, it's Crispus and his family. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it's Stephanos and his family. They're, they're all baptized. There's no instances in the scripture of anybody ever being sprinkled or a baby ever being baptized. Every time people are of age enough to believe and they're fully submerged. So we ought to be baptized in the same way that Jesus was baptized. Several years ago, I baptized a boy, a young man named Alberto. Alberto was a really fantastic young man. He, he was like 19, 20 years old. He, he was deaf. He was mute and he was blind. 
and he started coming to church with his blind girlfriend. And his blind girlfriend would hear the sermons and she would translate into his, the palm of his hand the message. That, that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. You've heard the term the blind leading the blind? She would lead him around the church with her stick. She would, you know, grab his arm and she would have her stick. And it was awesome. It was amazing. So they're coming to church. Alberto's like, I need to get baptized. He's got his whole family there one day. He's so excited. I mean, this, I can just see it on his face. He shows up Sunday morning. He's early. And somebody says, Pastor, we're going to baptize Alberto today, right? His whole family's here. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. And I said, somebody go check the water in the little baptistry pool to make sure that we got, enough, we got water in there. And I assume that we did. But when they went and checked it, our janitor had forgotten to turn on the water in the baptistry. And we have this huge, massive tub that you could have a whole party in with like six people. It takes like eight hours to fill it up. And, and I'm thinking, Alberto is going to be really disappointed that he can't get baptized because there's no water, you know. So I'm like, turn the spigot on as high as you can, you know. And people are coming in and you can hear the water going, you know, and all that. Well, we let the water run as long as possible. And finally, we got like maybe like a foot of water in the baptistry. And I, it occurred to me, Alberto was blind. He's never even seen a baptism before. So I took him up there and I said, Alberto, I need you to sit on your bottom. And we had just enough water, like a foot of water, and we got him under. And it was an awesome day. How about that? <laughs> he got submerged. Just like those donuts, man. Alberto is down. Sometimes you got to be creative. Sometimes you got to do it. But how should we be baptized? By immersion. This was the practice of Jesus. This is the practice of John the Baptist. This is the practice of the early church. Baptism is sweet like Krispy Kreme, isn't it? Um, who should be baptized? Those who believe. What is the meaning of baptism? My old life has been crucified and my new life has come. When should I be baptized? As soon as possible. Where should I be baptized? The local church. How should I be baptized? By immersion. So here's the challenge for us today. Number one, bring people who need to know the Lord. Bring people. We share the gospel every single week here at Edge Church because we want people to know Christ. Amen? So let's bring, 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 and let's fill this place up with people who are far from God who need new life in Christ. Secondly, let's encourage somebody to get baptized today. And third of all, some of you need to decide, I'm getting baptized today. Maybe you've been thinking about it. Maybe you've been contemplating it. Maybe you have even prayed about it. But God has just spoken clearly to you this morning, and you need to get baptized. It'd be an awesome thing. Awesome thing. I want you to sign up today on the back of your card and say, man, I want to do it. I want to follow Christ. I don't want to make any excuses. I don't want any hesitations. I want to follow the Lord. And when we do that, we're like Christmas. Christmas Cremus. Christmas Cremus. Who led his family and his community to follow Christ. Let's bow together for a word of prayer.